Welcome everyone. We are back with the Wrestling Wars podcast, our special Money in the Bank preview, and our preview of the NFC West as mine and Ty's NFL divisional previews continue. Uh, tonight will be uh, the first of many as we got some big time stuff coming up actually in a few hours from now. Because I'm so hardworking and I care about you guys so much, I'm going to be recording a whole nother podcast with renowned author and history professor uh, Barbosa. We're going to probably use his real name because I want to put over his book and all of his stuff that you can buy. It's going to be a pretty involved, pretty crazy episode. But for now, we're going to have some fun, preview this actually pretty short Money in the Bank show the card that they've laid out and I have my co-contributor here Ty Berna, what's up man? Hey, how's it going dude? You, uh, so you pumped it, you, are you pumped at all about Money in the Bank? Yeah, I mean, it's ladder matches man, you know, clusterfuck spots, hopefully they have some new shit for spots this year so yeah, uh, it's a little bit um card and the build overall are a little bit depressing but in but they're still at the end of the day we got uh at least two matches and possibly a third that are going to be probably pretty off the hook uh kevin owens and john cena um is going to be awesome and i got a feeling that ambrose and rollins are going to put on a show in their ladder match for the belt okay. and then of course you know the uh money in the bank always has potential but then again that's what we thought about the elimination chamber and we saw how that went yeah right a couple weeks ago um, as far as new additions to the card since we last talked, uh, the Divas title, big time stuff here. Nikki Bell and Page. The only yeah. positive that I can find is that perhaps this will be the last meeting between these two individuals. Yeah. It's. I mean, they want to get rid of. I think Nikki's going to take it just because I think AJ is going. They're trying to get rid of AJ's longest diva title reign or whatever you know. Yeah. Kind of wipe that off the face of the earth, and who better than their star attractions, the Bella Twin, or one of the Bella Twins, and it's like, uh. That's about, that about says it all there. Um. I would add some more analysis to this, but I just don't really care. Don't fucking care, and it'll be six minutes, and it'll be what it'll be, and. The, the division is just so lifeless and, and doesn't matter. Like, okay, yeah, Paige might, might win, but then then what? Then just something else that doesn't matter. And I mean, that, I feel bad for Paige, honestly. Like, if she, if the NXT four horsewomen came up, paired up with, you know, if she goes on with them, man, that's like five right there that could just tear the house down. Well, it, it, that goes back to the, to the age-old conversation is, is it the people involved or is it how the division is booked? I mean, yeah. you could bring up great wrestlers from NXT, and they could be in the division, but if they're given the same amount of time and the same crap to work with, that because Paige was one of those, Paige and Emma were both two two right. of those people. They put on a great title. They put on great title matches um, back when they were in NXT, and then they became involved in this shenanery. So I'm at the point where I'm the other way around. I wish they'd just put Paige back down in NXT right. and leave it alone. And- <laughs> Hey, if they, if they make NXT a third brand, who knows? Oh, I think I think uh, we're not far away. I think we're probably six or seven months away from right uh, it being a you know. I don't know how I don't know if you heard any of the rumors that were kind of going on this last week, but they were there were some rumors going around that WWE's looking at maybe buying Evolve. Yeah, yeah, I heard, and um, I heard. Well, I heard they were thinking about buying the whole network. A bunch of uh, brands. Um, 
some of them being uh what was that WWN isn't that like the yep. the wild women whatever the fuck like it was a women's wrestling league that's fairly decent on the independent level and then evolve and there's no, a uh, bunch of them WWN it's it's a it's a uh, it's a networking kind of like the WWE network almost okay uh, but it's for like a bunch of indie promotions that they have, but they have they have. But uh, okay, that's what it was. They were apparently right. thinking. Of, the rumor was that they were thinking of, of purchasing everybody who was under that umbrella. Is that do I got that? Do I got it yep. right now? Yeah. Right, because what they want is uh, from what I from what the rumors are is that they want because the WWN network has um, a presence in China. Okay. And the WWE does not, as far as their video is concerned. And so if they bought that, then they would automatically have an in in China. And the secondary thought on that would be that you could bring up from guys from Evolve. And because right now, if they move up all the main guys on NXT, they don't really have, have anybody. Yeah. Right. So they're thinking they could fill in spots with Evolve guys and maybe see, they find. The other the way I'd like to see it, instead of moving people up, I'd like to see people and nobody can see me, but I'm doing air quotation right now when I say this word. People moving down to NXT. I would love to see a bunch of guys on the main roster that aren't utilized enough. And they're finally the doing that. They just did it this last week here on NXT. They brought Ryder back. Down. Yeah, they brought Ryder back. As a, which he's I think per- is going to be an awesome tag team, entertainment-wise. Right? Holy shit. But that's genius, though, because like, Ryder's yeah. never going to do oh, yeah. shit on the main never roster. Never going to do shit. Um, he appeals to that to that crowd down yep. there at NXT. They, they love him to death. Yeah, great move. Great move. Um stuff like that people like that and then you know more of the guys who haven't really been able to give over past um what their work is i mean where the fuck has jack swagger been for months now right he would be awesome down in nxt um obviously i don't think this is gonna happen because i think they they like him too much on the main roster even though they never do anything with him but like obviously cesaro would be awesome if if he went down there um but yeah hopefully that happens it's only a dream for Paige. Yeah. Who gives a shit about that women's match? Um, <laughs> speaking of things that WWE clearly doesn't give a shit about, our truth is going against King Barrett in the pre-show. Can you come up with any feasible explanation as to why the fuck Wade Barrett was one of the most over guys in the WWE? Let me let me go. Her, uh... Comes back a few months later, and they just completely drop the gimmick without any explanation whatsoever. Made him King Barrett, and now he's on the pre-show and loses all the time. Let me go IWC conspiracy theory on you is that the bad news gimmick was getting over too much for their liking, and they want to keep him healed for whatever god-known reason, and so they made him King of the Ring so they could make him drop the bad news gimmick. Well, I've actually, I've actually read that on uh, unspecified forums, but yeah, that's that's I've, what I've read came. it around as well, and and. I mean, it, I, that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me though, because if you got in, it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, it wouldn't be the first time I've no, heard of it happening. No, and it it just doesn't make sense because I mean, over is over. Somebody could still yep. be a bad guy and and get you know or and get and be over. It, it's uh, not it's not the old days where you ha- you wanted the crowd. You know, everyone cheered the face way back in the day. I mean, it was. You know, unquestioned. You booed the heels, you, you cheered the faces. Attitude Era really kind of flipped the script on that, and then it got worse now. You know, it's gotten even more kind of mixed. Well, don't get me wrong. Is, I think the majority of your roster should be a heel or a face and should right. get 90% of whichever reaction. But 
there if if a guy if there's special circumstances if there's a special situation like Barrett where he was very over easily one of the top five over in the whole company when he got hurt when it's that magnitude then you make a special you know concession right. for that one person in that one special situation well, and we talked we talked about Cesaro though and they did the same shit to him the swing. That yeah. shit was fucking over. Like, that one move. Like, all he needed was a fucking move. He didn't even need to talk. And he was hugely over with the one move. It was a heel. And they pair him up with Heyman and... Take all his shit away and give and him take, a stupid sparkly robe and... Yeah. Like, they completely fucked him over. And there was nothing... I don't even think there's anything Heyman could have done for him. You know, I, I think the pairing would have been okay if he would have kept, you know, if he would have kept doing his shit. That, if they would have did it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was like, okay, the swing's over. Let's give him the Andre, the giant, you know, the arm bar, as we call it. And then you pair him up with um, Heyman and keep him heel and take away the one thing that got him over. And then you, then you wonder why he was getting no reaction after that. Just like King Barrett is now. Yeah. Does it matter who wins this match? Not really. Not if, really. If, if, if Truth wins, I, I give up. Like... I don't see him winning. It should be Barrett that gets the win, but you know, are they are they deep pushing Barrett? Did he do something backstage that we're not aware of? You know, who the fuck knows? Apparently, he existed because that's the only thing. Speaking of existing, um, that's about all this. I heard. Okay, I didn't see this because this was after I had left for work. Um, I heard the Ryback Big Show segment from Raw was a fucking catastrophe. Oh, that was. I I couldn't even pay attention to Tell it. Tell me, oh, okay, so you don't you couldn't give me a blow by blow of exactly what uh, it was. Honestly, that was trying. I, I went to go get some food during that segment. Yeah, that's about. Man, this intercontinental title. This is uh, it's like gone a, south pretty quickly after fucking Brian won it at WrestleMania, right? didn't it? Well, it wouldn't be so bad with Ryback as champion, but give yeah. him something other than Big Show. Like, why does? If you're gonna push somebody, why do you got to put them up against Big Show? Like it's they did it with Reigns for God knows how long, and now Ryback gets IC title. Oh, let's put Big Show against him. Let's how about something that you know Ryback can work great with fast guys. They can bump like a motherfucker for him. Yeah, he can toss yeah, him yeah. around. Now I got the Big Show that just flops around, and you know Ryback's gonna have like that one power move, which they already you know spoiled on Raw. He already did the fucking shell shock to Big Show. So what's the yeah. So what's the what's the main drawing point to this match other than seeing Ryback do the same thing the he did on Raw? The most effective way, I think, I, I, we don't really got to pick winners because I think we all know that fucking Ryback's winning. Um, right. The most effective way that they could utilize this match, the smartest way to do this, and there's like a 1% chance of this happening, Ryback should fucking wreck him. Like, how fucking badass would that be if they came in, fucking uh, wham bam, drop down, fucking... Scoop Pulled. slam, fucking yep. meat hook, fucking cell shock, and we're fucking going home after fucking, you know, in three minutes. Three minutes, yeah. That would be the shit. I think that would pop that crowd, too, but... They didn't even let Reigns do that. It won't happen. They'll just... It, they didn't let their golden boy even do it, work so. a really slow, stupid match that nobody cares about, and it'll be yeah. really uncomfortable, because the crowd will be quiet or chaining boring, and... Yeah. Moving on. Um, I don't want to think about that match anymore. PTP is a new day. While I'm glad that PTP is getting used, finally getting this shot, uh, I don't, I don't foresee any chance of them ending the, this title reign. 
No, New Day's. New Day's way... They got too much reaction right now. Too much pop. Too much. Um, speaking of which, since we're, all, since we're already kind of writing this match off, um, who who is going to take the belt off of them now? Because uh, I guess Kid is pretty fucking seriously hurt. Yeah, they're talking... Like, might not ever be back. Yeah, they said uh, it started off several months. Now it's over, a, possibly over a year, and now it just keeps getting worse. For anybody it's... uninitiated, uh, he hurt his C3 and C4 vertebrae in a um, match with Samoa Joe last week, or two weeks ago, and um, that's the same injury that uh, Steve Austin and Edge had. Um, yeah. And both of those guys are no longer wrestling. So he... he I mean, both of them came back from it, but both of them obviously very much had their careers shortened, and it's not like, you know, Stunkel Steve Austin was the hottest wrestler in the fucking WWE when he suffered his broken neck. Edge, while not being rise. as big as Austin was when he got hurt, he was still, you know, big time. He was a big star. He was on the rise. Tyson Kidd is just fucking Tyson Kidd, and I don't mean that in, in any kind of disrespectful way, but he had just barely started getting to over. be something that was... Uh, that was a you know a noticeable spot on the roster. So for the way he's used and the way they they seem to look at him, is it really worth it to, to try to come back after you know it, with an injury that could you know end up crippling you if you keep on getting hurt? Um, he might not ever be back, and I uh, wish him the best. Hope for a speedy recovery. Um, so who's gonna who's gonna be able to take the belt off the off the new day, man? Uh, if well, they brought Lucha, the Lucha Dragons. Yeah, I mean, up. that that got to be it, right? That got to That's be the um, only... what we're going for for like Battleground and SummerSlam is a total fucking shitstorm of a match with Lucha Dragons and uh. So they got, but the thing is, they're not even building Lucha Dragons up for shit right now. They brought them in and then they just fell into the pack and you know they fell back in the shuffle almost immediately, other than maybe pulling off a couple high spots. Well, it doesn't. It, but then again, it doesn't take long. No, it doesn't. You know, between between now, I can see them between now and uh, in Battleground, which, I mean, can't be more than a... Well, I think that's actually the, the July show. So, eh, okay. Yeah, so definitely between now and Battleground, they can at least set them up for the first match and then possibly a, uh, you know, a, a, a finish to the feud at SummerSlam. Right. But that's really only the, the, the only option right. I can see, too. Unless, if, unless some, if, a certain favorite team from NXT finally gets called up. How you doing? I think you could do that. How you doing? Um, but that's, you know, that's and, dreaming. Yeah, they're not bringing up Enzo anytime soon. He's got, He can talk like a motherfucker, but he needs to work on it. He's getting better at his skills in the ring, but he's still kind of green. Oh, uh, he's very green. A lot of people don't know. He, um, he's only been doing he it for never went to wrestling school. He just, uh, he actually trained with the same guy who personal trains Triple H and Stephanie and Triple H heard him cut a promo or you know was around him and was like hey I think you know I got I might have a job for you and um and that was only shit like three years ago four years ago so he's only been like his first day of training was only about three years ago so yeah he's still pretty green but at the same time he's getting better the last experienced workers around him he'll he you know, he, you can you can carry him through those times where he's getting better because his mic skills and his charisma. Shit, and all he's got to do is off be, the chart. All he's got to do is be Ricky Morton all the time. Yep. Get his ass kicked. Get the hot tag to Big Cass. Cass cleans house. Yeah, his offense so. hardly matters anyway. 
Right. So, but it'd be nice to see him, you know, get well more more well rounded. If he can get more well, you know, if he can get the experience and start getting awesome in the ring with his mic skills, he the could. Sky's the limit. Yep. Pe- speaking of people who uh, the sky's the limit from their mic skills and their ring work, are we still nervous about Kevin Owens and John Cena? Yeah, I am. Just are because you? Yeah. it's it's still Cena. Yeah, it's still Cena. He's like he's like that great white shark floating around out there. We stabbed he, him once, but he's still out there. I'm still he, worried. It's still him. Um, because why would you want to have someone you know have an advantage over anybody anymore? I'm gonna go ahead and say that I am not a fan. Not a fan of the NXT Championship Open because you're putting the NXT Championship in the middle of the show as if it were akin to the U.S. title or the IC title, and I don't think that's the way you want to present it. In the um, grand scheme of the company, well, obviously, it's... it's In reality, obviously, it's it's not... You know, I don't... I wouldn't think those they would be above either one of those, but you don't want to present it that way on TV when it's I supposed to be the main fucking thing of... But here's the thing. I don't the think... Show. They're not doing it in the way that, you know, you're competing for a mid-card title. I it's, know, I know that, but still, it's, it just... It's it's built into the gimmick that Owens is running right now, where he's, you know, he's like the ultimate troll, basically. Yeah, yeah, you know? I understand, he, and I, it, just, it just, oh, it just bugs me where it's at on the card. It just I don't does. have a, I don't have a problem with it, because all he's doing is just making fun of Cena, is all it's doing. Yeah, it, yeah. That's, that's all he's doing. He's trying to say that whatever Cena does, I can, I can do, but I can do it better, you know? And that's part of the whole storyline that they have going on between the two of them. Isn't that's... that funny? I wonder if any of the um, the listeners on, of the podcast noticed. I don't know if it was on a show with you or if it was on a show with KB, but I talked about how the scariest thing that you could, the scariest, strongest, best thing you could ever book a heel to do is to talk a bunch of shit and then come through. He said, right. I'm going to beat you, I'm going to hurt you, and then they do it. And that's right. exactly what Kevin Owens came out and said during his promo the night after he beat Cena. And it's, I obviously completely agree. The way it's been worked is perfect. Um, Let him do it again. Please. God, it, it would be so it nonsensical was, to have him lose now. Um, I mean, just the, the ramification, if he wins a second match in a row against Cena, first of all, he's like the first person to do it in for fucking ever. Yeah. I mean, not even Lesnar got, you know... If, unless, you know, unless you count the Extreme Rules match and then SummerSlam, like, two years later, yeah. which I don't. Um, but I'm talking, like, consecutive matches. Like, you had Lesnar beat, just kicked his ass the first time around, and the second time, all of a sudden, Cena's Superman again, and, oh, Cena's going to beat Lesnar, Cena's going to beat Lesnar. You know, it's like, no, just let Owens beat him. Be the first person for fucking ever to beat Cena twice in a row consecutively. By the and, way, and, since I know some basement dweller, is going to correct us on this. Lesnar did not win that Extreme Rules match. He lost that match. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah he did. So, <laughs> okay. Even him, even him, even over years, you can't do it. So right. if, but, if Owens does it, I mean, it saying, makes all the sense in the world. If they really plan on making him the be- next big thing, which it seems pretty fucking clear they do, and they should, because he has every box checked, every single one. Yep. If they're going to make him the next big thing, the next big heel. And... But, but, let me just say this real quick on that Extreme Rules one. Does that kind of tell you though? Like, I remember Lesnar just beating his ass yeah, more than sure I remember than I remember see, than I remember Cena even winning. Yeah. I mean, in the long run, yeah, Cena won, but he like 
it was like a home run shot with a chain, and that was it. Yep, that was it. The so. the importance of this match, and this is just if things work the way they I think they're gonna work. They could go a different way, but the the importance of this match not only is for the future of Kevin Owens, Finn Balor. It is also the future of Finn Balor, who I'm fairly confident is going to take the NXT title from Kevin Owens on the live July 4th network special from Tokyo. Um, every, I mean, there be, there's every reason for it to happen. Owens is obviously moving up to the main roster. Balor first made his name in Tokyo, in Japan. The fans are going to fucking love it. Um, and he's the most overfaced by far on the NXT roster. That's going to be the time to make the switch on July 4th of that live show. Right. So and if so he if... can do that over a guy who has beaten John Cena twice. Twice. He's that made. not only does it for Kevin Owens, it does it for the NXT title, it de- fucking definitely does it for Finn Balor. Everybody fucking wins. Yep. You know, except Cena, but it doesn't even hurt him. Like, Cena will walk out that next Monday, well, now that that's done and over with, US Open Challenge again, here you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's going to be John Cena. He's a 15-time world champion. He takes two consecutive losses. What's what's going to hurt him if he takes that? Nothing. Still John Cena. Still the guy that's won every single goddamn thing in the world. For sure. But use that prestige for Cena. I mean, you don't have to do it for everybody. I get it. No, absolutely not. Because if but, you do it for everybody, then it's not special anymore. Right. But this but guy th- is special. This guy is special. And, and so have... is the guy who he's going to put over for the belt. <laughs> right. Like, it's... You can't... Ugh. It's just, it's too much common sense for it, you know. For it to that's happen. What, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what scares me. It's like, we're so trained to think. This makes so much goddamn sense that it's not going to happen, you know. Yeah. And that's that's what's got me afraid right now. So. I, I would really hope that Triple H's influence has gotten to the point now, and I'm and maybe Cena will see it that way too, who knows. I don't know how much, in, I don't know how much input Cena does, but I'm... Just, you know, if everyone is on the same page and knows what the fuck they're doing, mm-hmm. Owens will beat Cena again. And if you want a third match to finally put Cena over, fine. But at that point in time, everyone's made. Yeah, after after he drops the belt to Balor, then I I might be able to see it. But not 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 before, not while he's still the champion. No. Um, so, money where your mouth is, that's, that's where you're going? Are, yep. we going with, are we going with common sense? Are we going with what is all, all is good in the world? Are we going to go with Owens? Because I'm, I'm a eternal optimist. Huh. Yeah, we're going with Owens. Okay. All right. Um, contract ladder match. Uh, they haven't really put anybody else in there that makes me think it makes sense for them besides. It was the same. I think we had the last time we had this conversation. It was the same people. I didn't, I didn't think Kane was officially in it the last time we talked. Uh, yeah, he was. Okay, well, so still Reigns or Sheamus, yeah. right? Reigns or Sheamus, yeah. I would love to see Kofi do it just to see the Freebird. Yeah, just to see the Freebird fucking... That would, would be, you know, it would be an interesting thing to do over the, over the you know, however many months. Don't even, you don't even have to have Kofi cashed in. Have someone challenge him for the fucking briefcase and takes it from him or some shit like that. But the hilarity and the entertainment value of that of the whole new day trying to cash in and then all you know all one of them trying to cash in and the other one grabs the briefcase no i'm good you know like it would be i think it'd be highly entertaining to see the Freebird money in the bank rule just something different you just know something different yeah but, but they could also do some pretty different and unique booking options if like i said last week with if uh 
if Reigns takes it, yeah, that could be. There's a lot, lot of potential there. A lot of potential. wide open. But yeah, I think the the writing's on the wall. Reigns taking this though. Reigns would be would, is going to look uh, awkward walking down the ra- the ramp, walking okay. down the stairs in the crowd with a briefcase in his hand. If well, unless he cashes in that same. He should get a, he should get a little a little backpack thing on, the, <laughs> on his, all his gear and then put it in there and carry it with him all the time like right. a ninja or something. Um. So we we would like to see the new day, but it's looking like Reigns is going to be it. Yeah, he's he's positioned to do it because he's the one. He's the only one that's really been involved with the world title picture. Yeah. Other yeah. than Kane being the authority's lackey, but that doesn't count. Does not count. Absolutely no. not. Um. KB will be happy to hear what we just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rollins and Ambrose, man, that's probably going to be. It's going to be a baller match. Be I think. pretty bust ass, despite the fact that there's going to be a fucking army be a... assembly line of of interference. I don't fucking care. Don't tell me about this this storyline they've been cutting where oh Rollins says he doesn't need any help and blah 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 blah. Well, they've done that like five times before that he said he didn't need help and then. Every single time. Every single time they come back, so I'm not gonna buy that till it happens. Yeah. And if it doesn't, and he doesn't get interference on his side, and he just straight up wins, that'll be cool too, because then everybody can stop bitching and crying. Like this is the first fucking time they've ever watched a heel champion get get booked like he was a coward and not shit. It's shit. what Jim Ross okay. on his podcast calls a beatable champion. He talks about it all the time. A beatable champion where everybody oh. comes in. The reason you do that is because they know their booking situation. They know that they've got a book long term for this. Yep. And so they have to make it, do everything they can to make it believable that on any given night, Rollins can get beat for the title. He's beatable. Tonight might be the night. You look at him. He has no help. He just got pinned by a couple of losers on Monday. He might lose. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. He's not going to lose. No. Nope. And. But. but I'm just explaining that for everyone who seems to have this huge issue with it. Like, they've never booked a heel champion this way ever before in life. Like, that actually well, ha- has happened like a million times. Well, it's like they haven't paid attention to Rollins' character for the past year. Yeah. That's been Rollins', Rollins M.O. He won money in the bank because he had Kane there to help him. And you know what? I don't want to fucking hear it because we just had a strong, strongly booked heel champion and fucking everybody was all excited when that fucking title reign ended so this is what you fucking get i hope you're fucking happy this is exactly what i said was gonna happen fuck get over it (laughs) right exactly (laughs) um Um, what i will say though is going back in history um nwo days hogan running with the title for fucking ever but how many chicken shit ways did he get out uh out of a pay-per-view holding on to the title because the nwo a million just... A million. So you have like the greatest fucking quote unquote the greatest wrestler ever, Hulk Hogan. When he finally went heel, guess what he did? He went chicken shit. So, yep. I mean, yeah, Hogan could still Hulk up and hit the fucking leg drop and beat someone's ass one two three cleanly, but what good does that do? Yep, take the easy You're... way out. Yep. So now you got. So what's the difference here? There's no difference. It's just that you have Rollins, who's a young guy, and I mean, you couldn't say that same type of shit that we're saying the people are saying about Rollins now. You couldn't say that shit about Hogan back then. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's reputation. I mean, Rollins is a young guy that's trying to make his mark right now. Well, and... that's the whole psychology of the character. You know, he comes out there and talks all this shit like he's the greatest. This is that, this that, and the other. But he's Hogan not really did the that same great shit. because he needs all this help to win every time he wins. And they're trying to call him out on it. It's because the WWE, especially on the main shows, 
wouldn't know subtlety if it bit him in the fucking ass. Like, they have to right. beat you over the head with everything. And because the sh- main shows are for children and idiots, and anybody else watching it needs to just understand that, the main shows are for children and idiots. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, so, they have to beat you over the head with it, that what, See, what the psychology and, of the character is, and so right, you and you can understand it from that perspective. And on the flip side of that, you can look back on the NXT when it was uh, Sami Zayn versus uh, Adrian Neville and their series of matches for the title. Yeah, definitely you know? the flip side, where Neville, little by little, cheated a little bit, cheated a little bit, cheated a little bit, and they never actually completely turned him heel. It was just, he was, was so a, desperate to keep winning, and he knew yep. that he couldn't do it. It was just enough to keep the just enough just enough to keep the bait there for you. Yep, yep. Here's a nibble. Here's a nibble. Here's a nibble. Boom! There it is. And then they took it away from you almost instantaneously. So when Zayn were to ever finally get back healthy and either October, win the, baby, October. Yep, either A finally kick Kevin Owens' ass or B wins the NXT title back. He's made. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's what you that's what you do with those type of characters though. I mean, Sammy is such a scrappy face like you know, like you know, Cena's motto's never say die well. That's fucking Sami Zayn like fucking personified the way his character's portrayed. It would be great if like we finally get to Kevin Owens' first like WWE world title shot, you know, say Ambrose wins it on on this Sunday or Reigns wins it at SummerSlam. And we get to about October or November, and Owens finally gets his world title shot, and bam, here comes Sami Zayn out of nowhere to fuck him over, <laughs> and they start the whole thing over again because uh, Owens hurt Zayn to put him out. That would be awesome. And they're destined to do this forever. Yep, yep, most definitely. Yeah. Um, something that people that someone is destined to do forever is suffer, and that's me over my goddamn San Francisco 49ers. Uh, <laughs> You're talking for, to a Vikings fan. For the you. second half of the show, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, okay, I understand what you're saying. At the same time, I have not been old enough to fathom what was happening for any of our victories. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you guys got close with the Morton Anderson thing, and that was fucking shitty. But we were on the fucking five-yard line in the Super Bowl to win the game. And fucking lost. And we were on the final drive to the NFC Championship and threw a fucking interception to bitch-ass Richard Sherman, and we fucking lost. We were in the NFC Championship against the Giants and fumbled not one, not two, but three fucking punts in the red zone to fucking gift-wrap the game for them. And that happened in the NFC Championship. So... I don't know, man. I think I think I'm getting there. I think we're getting there together. I got the smallest violin in the world playing for oh, you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's hey, four to one, I, right there. At least at least y'all got a fucking championship in your lifetime. I don't. I didn't. I was like six. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't fucking and? enjoy that. That wasn't happy times for me. <laughs> yeah, but at least you look back. You're like, yeah, my team's won a Super Bowl like ever. No. Resting on laurels. That doesn't help me now. Um, for anybody wondering, before we go into our NFL half of the podcast, um, yes, I'm quite aware of the very unfortunate uh, passing away that we had this week of a legend, and I am announcing this for the first time that I am going to do um, a special podcast just about Dusty Rhodes by myself. 
uh, in the next couple days um, because I didn't feel right. Um, I didn't feel right jumping on here and you know, okay, let's talk about let's talk about Dusted Rose's legacy and how legendary and great he was and et cetera, et cetera. And oh, we're sad he passed away. Anyways, on to Money in the Bank. Like I did not feel fucking right about that at all, yeah. and that would have been sorry as hell. Um, Dusty, Dusty deserves his own show. Dusty deserves his own fucking show and his own thing, and uh, not to be bumped up against some shit that WWE booked in two fucking weeks. The only thing that I will say though. Um, that we will say about it is, do you think, do you think, uh, they knew he was in pretty poor health with that finish that happened, uh, at Elimination Chamber? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think it was, uh, it, it wasn't something that was coming on. From what I read, it was, he had a fall at home and then he had complications at the hospital when they took him there. Well, I think, because, well, I think, well, you know, so I don't I think get it, was, it, but I don't think he was quite old enough for those kind of complications to set in just from falling. But um, you also I read th- some other stuff that he had some some issues over the last couple of years, and it yeah. was probably uh, well, he was def- he was definitely he was getting skin he was he was getting real like thin and frail in the face. You can tell that. That's what man. It was sad because. But here's the one thing you got to remember though with wrestler with wrestlers, especially ones like Dusty, where they wrestled three hundred and sixty five yeah. plus. Shows they, yeah, like, dog ears. you know, they their bodies break down a lot faster. So they, even though he was only sixty nine, you could probably figure his body had taken enough of a beating that he probably had a the hip or the you know especially the hip area. You know, like mm-hmm. you got to think all the lifting and everything else they do, all the bumps they take, um, the back, the hips, the neck. The pro- probably the even though he's sixty nine, he probably had his body was around the age of eighty yeah. as far as like yeah. the pounding he took. So I could see. You know, you get you can say, well, he's only sixty nine. How could a fall at home be that bad? Well, you know, you go fall on your back. Yeah, there's probably signs that we that nobody picked up on. It's it's sad. I don't, I don't want to say it's funny, but it's sad because like two weeks ago, um, he, yeah, was the on, best. he was on. Two weeks ago, he was on something, and I remember looking over at my wife and saying, "Man, I am not ready for skinny dusty roads. I'm not ready yeah, to I... see that. I'm not ready for skinny dusty roads." And that, you know, now it all kind of comes together makes a little, yeah. little bit of sense but anyways dusty uh, you're getting the main fucking event on this damn show yes and that'll be happening sometime this week i'll really be releasing it um I'll probably uh record it in the next 40 48 hours got me some good uh some good homework done um, we'll miss we'll miss you daddy some good stuff i'm gonna talk about so that's gonna be it's gonna be good shit um, um i did if i can just say one real last thing about dusty oh go for oh, it man okay because uh, I don't know if I'm going to be on that Dusty Rhodes thing or not, but what I will say is it was really, to me, it was really astounding how many NXT guys and girls, they all kept saying the same thing. Dusty helped me find my voice. Yep. Like, it was like every single one of them. Like I've, I'm going to be covering that for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that that meant, you know, greatest talker in the business. And he made, you know, like he brought Ric Flair up. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just... Well, Ric Flair himself said that he fucking... Yep. Started off, he said, "I want to be like Dusty Rhodes." That's all he yep. wanted. He said he, he started off his first wrestling name he wanted was a uh, Ramblin' Rickus Rhodes. <laughs> yep. So. And to me, it's just you know, Dusty's legacy will always be. He was he was not the type of person. He was not the wrestler Vince McMahon looked for. You know, obviously he was always a cheap competition. But when he came into the WWE, and they put him in the polka dots, they couldn't fucking stop him. And they couldn't stop him. Yep. That. That teaches you exactly what you need to know about wrestling right there. 
the whole nine yards. It doesn't matter if you can do a 630 centon off the fucking top rope. Um, if you can tell a story, if you can connect with the crowd and the fans, and you can, you know, just your your force of personality and your your charisma. If you have that, you can do anything you want in the business. That, my friends, it's the American dream. Rest uh, in peace, my friend. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> I know exactly what I wanted to avoid. Moving on to the shitty San Francisco sorry. 49ers. I, um, I, wanted to, I wanted to say something. Oh, no, I, you know what, though? I, I welcome you, too, and I'm, I'll, probably, I'll ask everybody over the next couple of weeks, you know, to do a little a little excerpt of, you know, of, of their feelings and memories about Dusty Rhodes. Um but the real, the the definitive version of it, I'm gonna dedicate a whole podcast to it. So, right. um, so back to uh, uh, heartbreak and 808s. Fucking our football team's putting hard times on us. Uh, <laughs> the Niners. We're gonna cover I... the NFC West today. Yes. The Niners, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Bunch of fuckers. Um. Tough so, Tough who do you, how do you how do you see it? Seahawks are still the team to beat. Mm-hmm. There is no question on that. But if Foles stays healthy for the Rams, they could be a surprise. They got a lot of pieces there, but they just have not had the quarterback in place. I mean, Sean Hill did all right for him last year, and so did uh, the hell is his name? Austin Davis. Yes, there you go. Like they, he did all right too a couple games, but like they just haven't had that. Doesn't that sound like a, a shitty development WWE developmental wrestler like back in the Austin. FCW days? <laughs> right. Austin like, remember Davis. on the, the the old NXT like that was like sucked. That sounds like somebody that they would have Austin Davis. Like that sounds like a fucking <laughs> John Johnny Curtis. Anybody? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's gonna be the general narrative about this. Is uh, you know, is a lot of people are gonna cite okay the the Seahawks, awesome. The Rams made improvements. Uh, somebody, the, the Cardinals are flying under the radar, and they improved this offseason. They signed Mike Ayupati, which is one, who was one of the best run blockers in in the league. Um, they had a pretty good draft. Um, they are going to get, well, Carson Palmer, how fucking long is he going to be healthy? But presumably a healthy Carson Palmer back. They went to the playoffs and damn near won that division with a third-string fucking quarterback who probably didn't even have any business being in the league. So, <laughs> right. uh, they are fucking dangerous. Very dangerous. Uh, along with, um, like I said, they had a good draft. They drafted uh, David Johnson out of uh, Northern Iowa, and he's going to be a bust-ass running back for them to step in and help uh, keep Andre, Andre. Ellington healthy. Um, Please. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, like I said, they picked up the, a great one of the top ten run blockers in the league in Mike Ayupati. Uh do not sleep on the Arizona Cardinals. Ew, absolutely Do not. Do not sleep on the Arizona they, Cardinals. And they're getting some of their defensive players back, too. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, they had a ton of injuries on defense, too. This is a team that was killing people last year before they got... Not only did they have injuries, but they had multiple injuries at the same positions on some of the most important positions you have on the field. So not only are they getting all those guys back, but they improved big time by picking up a top 10 player in the offseason as well as well as having a pretty good draft so got a great don't coach sleep on them i think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna make people remember them yeah they're now, gonna be def- it's definitely seahawks one arizona two but as we saw last year i mean arizona was cruising for the division title 
and then yep. Palmer went down, and that's and when it just went all to hell. Unseated them. That's that's what that's the only thing that scares me about the Cardinals. They did not address the backup quarterback position. And I know it's not like you know some well, people. Their backup, oh. their backup was pretty good. He got hurt too. They were down to their third quarterback, and then their fourth had to come in at one point when they had right. to have fucking Thomas Longley Thomas come in. So their backup that, is pretty damn good. Uh, oh boy, uh, Stanton Drew Stanton um, is a pretty good fucking player. And he showed that last year, but then he got hurt too. And then Lindley came in, and he is awful and played <laughs> awful. And then he got fucking hurt, and Logan Thomas came in. So it was, yeah, it was it was fucking insane. It was um, brutal. So I'm just, I'm not, I'm, people. I'm not a super big believer in Drew Stanton, though. I guess it's just my 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 perspective. Yeah, but you might uh, as well. Hopefully, you won't have to be. Yeah. Um, but that's you know you want a quarterback that can come in and manage a game, you know. No, I'm not gonna go to the point of saying I picked them to win. I'm just gonna say that they're gonna surprise some people. The uh, obvious winners of the division are uh, the San Seattle. Francisco 49ers. No, I'm just joking. I'm definitely yeah. um, the Seattle Seahawks. Well, they won the retirement game this year. Are so. just the Seattle Seahawks are fucking horrifying. Like they didn't lose anything and they picked up arguably I say arguably arguably the best tight end in the league second best tight end and not only did they pick him up but he fits perfectly into what they do which is Russell Wilson drop back and run around like a little kid playing backyard football and find somebody open and just throw it up and there is okay now I will give you that Gronkowski is overall a better player but no one no one, especially not the tight end position, is as good at the jump up and snag a rebound, jump up a oh, high wow. point, a high thrown ball game, just, the just throw it up game, than Jimmy Graham. He's and like he's now, like Tony, he's like the evolved version of Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, bigger, faster, not stronger, but bigger and faster, and jumps higher. Yeah. He's ridiculous, and now he's on a team that With, fits his talents fucking perfect. And not it's only so that, but horrible. It's such a and, terrible thing that has happened to all of us. Right. So you play action, at, or you do a zone read, or play action to Marshawn Lynch, who is terrifying in his own right. Yeah. Because you have and, to respect the run game, because that's right. the main thing they do. Lynch is the man. So you have a who are you going to cover Graham with? You have a linebacker that's too Fucking slow. No one. No one. Cornerback. Unstoppable. Yeah. Unstoppable. Yes. Now, no, this is not me saying that I think Graham's going to have a huge season. Um, I, I don't wouldn't pass take the ball him up high much. in fantasy. But what I'm saying is the offense overall is going to be fucking what? unstoppable. Because what do you do? Do you stack the box and then trust somebody one-on-one with Jimmy Graham? Or do you back off and try to play coverage, but then Marshawn Marshall. Lynch, their running back, who's one of the best in the league, is going to wreck you. The only the only thing uh, I'm going to say is their offensive line has gotten worse. It has. They traded a very good center out um, in that trade to get Jimmy Graham. So yep. there's there's that. That's that's the that's the one concern I have on their offense is how is that offensive line and they have no they have Doug Baldwin and nobody else really at wide receiver. Nobody else. Well, the Seattle Seahawks are going to be putting going to be putting hard times on us. And actually, what you just said is incorrect because they drafted Tyler Lockett out of fucking Kansas State and he's a bad motherfucker. Now I don't know if he's going to be a dominant number one right out of the gate, but he's going to be he's going to be legit before long. And that once again, that was oh, oh, that was sickening to see that pick. 
Tyler Lockett is a badass, man. He reminds me a lot of Jordy Nelson coming out, where Jordy Nelson was a kind of a one-man offense. Um, yep. Did Jordy Nelson go to Kansas State too? I'm going to Google it. Anyways, pretty sure he did. And um, Jordy Nelson was a one-man offense down yep. there. Yep, that, Kansas State. Yeah, Kansas State, both of them. I knew he – yeah, I figured that's where he went. Um, he was a one-man offense down there. The whole offense ran through him. Great hands, great route running. Uh, and now Seahawks have picked up somebody just like that. He'll be raw at first, obviously. Yep. But God damn it. Like the one, like <laughs> I, 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 that was don't... like the whole definition of your like watching the draft when you and I were visiting during it. Just yeah. goddamn it, God yeah, damn. very much. <laughs> so, yeah, Seahawk. Uh, I mean, their defense is still going to be scary as shit. Yeah. Um, filthy nasty. Filth. Yeah. So it's just Seahawks. This, not only this, are going to win this division, at they're super. They're super bowl wins, but they are legitimate Super Bowl favorites. I'd say in the NFC. So my question though is, how long are they going to be able to keep it up though? Because not they, long. Maybe it, no. this might be over with next year. Yep, this might Russell be their. Wilson still does not have a new contract, and there's been a lot of talk that there is um basically by the day the animosity between him and the team is growing. Yeah. Um. And... I'm not. Even, I'm not even talking necessarily about Wilson. I'm talking just overall in general. Their team got built up through the draft, and they drafted a lot of great yep. guys. And now which they're going to have to pay those guys. Right, and, you know, they bleed. You know, so far, they've only bled one or two players at they're a time. They're going to start. Wilson, that situation. E- either way, it's going to be the beginning of the end of this yep. group because either he's not going to get paid and he's going to be a free agent, which and he'll, and he'll leave. is big time. Yeah, he'll leave. Or he's going to get paid what he's worth or more than what he's worth, and then they're not going to have any money to re-sign the rest of the guys. Yep. So one way or another, starting next year is going to be the beginning of the end for the, for, for this particular group. Um, not to mention, we might start to see... We, we may be able to see some cracks this year because... Um, and this plays over into our little fantasy preview that will be coming up in late August. I would not trust Marshawn Lynch. Wouldn't do it. And I know everybody said that last year, too, and then he We've came been through... Said, we- We've been Marshawn saying that Lynch, for... those power style running backs, they lose it overnight, man. Overnight, he'll be, he'll come out this year and look like a completely different person. It's completely possible. And that plays into the offensive line issue too that they have. Yep. Yeah. That's that's my biggest concern is, uh, I'm not so worried about Marshawn Lynch, so much because I think he still has a style that he's not built on speed. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of you know you see a lot of speedier backs they lose that step, and yeah. that's when that's when they go downhill. Um, but at the but same bar- time, power backs their body just gives out. Ask right. Eddie George, Sean Alexander. I mean, there's so many examples. Ron Dane, um, yeah. Brandon Jacobs, where it's just gone in one week, in one year they just show up and they just don't got it anymore because their body is just taking too many hits, too much punishment, and they fade out. Um, it's coming. It's coming soon, but yeah, I'm not going to count on it being this year, and I'm going to count on the Seahawks winning 12, 13, maybe 14 games. And it's not even so much based on their offense. It's just their defense is that damn good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Their defense is still their defense, still the same, mostly the same guys. Yeah, it sucks. Um, so where are we sitting, where are we going to put them up on the Super Bowl contender or the NFC Championship contender list? Oh, I'd say they're the favorites. Yeah, I still, I mean, I haven't seen anything otherwise that would suggest that they wouldn't be. Um, uh, 
Yeah. Because are the because they're the more complete team. I think it's Seahawks one, Packers two. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to sit back and look at all the teams that we got com- competing, but um. It's at Seahawks. The Packers, Packers are tough because they don't really. They build so much through the draft that it's hard to tell from a year-to-year basis how right. they still improve or regress. But as far as everything's concerned, though, I would say those are the two most complete teams as much as it pains me because I hit – sorry, that might have been my laundry. I was about to say, are you <laughs> getting ready to shave somebody's head over there too? Uh, uh, no, what I'm saying, though, is uh, they're the two most complete teams on the NFC side of things. Gotcha. So, uh, the, yeah, the I still, still put them at number one. Cowboys are probably three, but their run game, even with that offensive line, is super questionable. Mm-hmm. They don't have a running back that they could, unless they go sign. They don't even have anybody that could sign that would fill in that would make me comfortable. Um, so where I think, so I think we okay. So I think we got we got the Seahawks at twelve, thirteen, maybe fourteen. Fourteen would be tough just because they play in such a tough division. I think right. thirteen or twelve is good. I think we got the Cardinals. If everyone stays healthy, which is a huge statement, I think I got them at about 10. 10 or 11. Um, so where does that leave everybody's uh, uber-improved darlings, the St. Louis Rams? Uh, everybody's going to be talking about them, but really, first of all, let me tell you something. As somebody who's lived in the Philadelphia market for the last 10 years, um, and obviously the last two, Nick Foles ah, didn't look particularly fancy last year and yeah. Chip Kelly's offense is an offense that even let Mark Sanchez do good things so everyone acting all automatically like Nick Foles is going to be the fucking savior down in St. Louis and all of a sudden they're going to be this awesome team I think you're putting a little bit too many eggs into an interception ridden basket and I think Jeff Fisher is probably past his prime as a coach Oh, really? I would say that. It's a good thing. He, he coached Tennessee for God knows how long. Forever, yeah. Yeah. Um, at one point, does do coaches, their their games, their schemes and whatnot, yeah. do they become obsolete? Or they just don't quite have that edge that they used to, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of the same thing with a lot of, you know, like you see this in the NBA a lot. You see a lot of these new coaches coming in and they buy into the Sabre metrics and they 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 design um, like Greg Popovich is great for this. His his whole scheme, his whole system in the San Antonio Spurs is just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, everyone's starting to copy that. Well, if you brought Phil Jackson back now, I don't think he would be able to coach against well, some of these coaches. Take a look at the Knicks and their fucking triangle offense for right, example. right. Um, the triangle offense is just so out of out of date compared to everybody else. So. Jeff Fisher, his offense is that going to be sufficient? Because I know they have. Uh, I mean, I hell? get, I understand the, where they're trying to go. I mean, right. They got the. They think they got the bruising running backs. They have a decent quarterback, um, a couple playmakers on offense, and a great, great, fucking great defense, which is, um, you know, especially a great defensive line, which is a Jeff Fisher. That's a Jeff Fisher built team. Yep. Um, and you know they want, but you know they want to do the power running game. They want to focus on the running game, but they got a fucking guy who can't even run the ball right now because he's still recovering. Now I am not saying Todd Gurley, the guy that they drafted in the top ten out of the University of Georgia, is before he got hurt was one of the most incredible talents I've seen come along at running back. Right. Incredible. Like if he wouldn't have torn his knee up and would have been able to run at the combine, he might have been low 4-3. 
He was in the he was in the fucking Olympic trials for the 100 meter uh, hurdles, the 100 meter dash hurdles. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's this is on a guy who's 230, 235 pounds. I mean, yeah, just he ridiculous. Was a fucking incredible, incredible talent. But it, it, the situation is what it is. He yep. tore his knee apart. He can't even fucking run with the ball right now. Um, so it's still a question mark. So that's the thing. That's the thing with the Rams. I see what the plan is, and I understand. Are they going to be able? If it's kind of like a if everything works out situation, kind of like the Eagles. Yeah. I get what they're trying to do. I can see where their logic is, but everything still has to go their way. The chips have to fall their way for this to work out. So, um, I think I have to go right in the middle with them. I could see him winning nine or ten. I could see him being six or seven. So I'll go with eight. I'll go with eight wins. I think is what you can expect. That's um, about where I'd put him too. Could be a little less. Could be a little more. What do you think of all that? I agree with you. Um, I think the biggest thing they need they need to see is some more stable quarterback play. Is the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sean Hill. I have him on the Vikings now, and I'm thinking he's a he's a great backup. I mean, he yeah, can come yeah. in and he can, but. Again, like I said, you want your backup quarterback to be able to come in, manage a game, or manage two games, and keep the team afloat, not necessarily lead them to the playoffs, unless you're Josh McCown in Chicago and feeding off the tears of Jay Cutler. So, to me, Foles might be able, if Foles can, I think it's going to be a more traditional passing offense compared to Chip Kelly. Yeah. So maybe he fits that better because I think Chip Kelly wants his quarterback to be able to be a lot more mobile. And Foles is not built to be mobile. He can he he was able to pull it off kind of in Philly, but I don't think to the effectiveness that the yeah, Chip yeah, Kelly yeah. system would entail. So maybe with a more traditional drop back passing system, he might do it's better. A lot of play action because you know they're going to focus on the running game and all that. Right. Yeah, and that's another thing. He's not going to have to throw the ball 40, 50 times. You know, if Gurley if, – and that's – Gurley's the big if. But yeah, I I understand why they picked him because it's probably their best player available. Oh, yeah. But the I'm not 100% sure on the fit for him mm-hmm. as of right now. Because if he gets healthy and he gets on the field, I have a very nagging suspicion that they're going to run him into the ground pretty quick yeah i mean they're it's going to be they're going to try and get him as a workhorse running back and oh he, absolutely yep and, and as you and i know there's no such thing anymore i mean there's maybe one running well, there's back a couple and he could become one of those exceptions because right, right now you have adrian peterson who they're even you know they have jarek mckinnon behind him and they're there's talk about him um taking a few more plays from yeah. peterson than what yeah. would normally be expected yeah so even then, they're starting to get a little more leaner on that side. There's not that many workhorse running backs. I mean, DeMarco, look what happened to Murray last year. Yeah. Um, you know, towards the end of the season, he started getting hurt. He started, you know, not quite as effective anymore. So, and if Foles completely falls apart, then it's mm, yeah, gonna it's going to be it's going to be even worse. I mean, on- there's you know, there's there's a pretty doomsday scenario that Foles isn't what isn't what I what everybody thinks he is and then Gurley can't come through because of the injuries then they're screwed then then we're talking about five 
yep. you know, back to the same thing again. Four or five right. wins, six wins. And a so, new head co- and a new head coach. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. No question about that. Well, so we haven't touched much on your Niners. Here though. we go. We have reached the bottom. We have reached I'm, the dungeon. I'm just gonna mute for a little bit. Let no, you. I mean, what is there to say? Like, let me see if I can put this into perspective, especially for people who aren't regular NFL players. Um, last year was a complete debacle for the Niners and pretty much everything that you would think they would need to do to make changes to improve upon what happened last year the opposite happened like it got worse in every single way they decided to put all their eggs in a basket with their quarterback Colin Kaepernick who for his entire career, before even before the Niners, he came from a smaller college. He's always just been a much better athlete than everybody else on the field. He's exceptionally fast. He can throw the ball exceptionally hard and with a lot of power and very, very far. But he is not intelligent enough to be an effective regular starting NFL quarterback. He is not nearly accurate enough to be a regular NFL starting quarterback. Um, he doesn't have enough touch. Um to be an NFL starting quarterback. And what I mean by touch by people who um, are still kind of new to the game, when you throw a pass to somebody, you just can't, you don't always need to throw it as hard as you can or, you know, as, as, as accurately. You got to put it, you know, you got to kind of put a little bit of a touch on it at the end, kind of make it float a little bit further, put it a little bit in front of a guy so we can catch it in stride. Um, Basically, Put it in an area to where they can catch it and nobody else can. Just make the ball easy to catch for your receiver. And Kaepernick has shown zero ability to do that. He throws every pass like he was trying to throw the ring into the pit in the Lord of the Rings. He throws it 90 miles an hour, no matter what, all the time, even if the guy is 10 feet away from him. Um... We had, we had a really good running game, and he would continually, on third down and short, he would continually check out of a run play to throw a deep fade or some sort of deep pass because he thought he saw a matchup, and it would never get completed. And instead of focusing their coaching decisions and all their things around, okay, well, if this is the guy we're going with, then we need to go ahead and develop these these attributes and get him better at these things. Instead, they fired the coach who was good at working at quarterbacks. Um, They scared away another offensive coordinator that was going to come in who was good at working at quarterbacks. And they hired a defensive line coach to be their head coach. And nothing that he has said or done since he got hired gives me any sort of reason to believe that he has much offensive knowledge uh, whatsoever. Or how to be a head coach in general. Or how to be a head coach, furthermore. But definitely not on the offensive side. So, right there at the top, the train's running off the fucking tracks. Then, let's move on to the rest of it. Our best player on the team retired unexpectedly at a young age. 
our, I'd probably say, sixth or seventh best player who had an amazing rookie season replacing another guy who got hurt, he retired. Both of them play the same position, so now we're down to, you know, our third or fourth player at those positions. Then, another one of our starters unexpectedly retired from the offensive line. Then, one of our, our probably third or fourth best player on the defensive line retired as well. We also lost plenty of stars through free agency, like our star starting running back. Basically, we are trotting out almost more replacement-level players, guys who were second and third string last year, than we are guys who were first string last year. That does not bode well for my team. It does not. And they did not address the secondary. Because not only are we trotting out almost more replacement level players than we are starting level players but we have a head coach who has no fucking business being a head coach coaching these replacement level players so we are in a ultimate storm of shit next year I don't see any reason to be hopeful a lot of the players we have on defense are going to be pretty good. The defense was ranked 5th in DVOA, which is a metric overall defensive ranking. So that was pretty good. Smith retiring, Borland retiring, I think. We're going to have people who are going to do an okay job of stepping in. The secondary didn't get addressed, but then again, it wasn't very fucking good last year anyway. So... How much worse is it going to be? Um, I actually have quite a bit of faith in, in uh, one of the repl- at least one of the replacement players, uh, Dante Johnson, um, showed a lot of good things last year. So hey, you still got Chris Cox, though. I'm happy with that. Or Chris Cox. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I mean, I'm going to enjoy seeing Carlos Hyde getting step up, be the starting running back. I think he'll be something. He's going to be, you know, yes, he's going to be, he's going to do well. Um, it's worrisome that we have two replacement-level offensive linemen blocking for him all of a sudden. But that'll be what it'll be. Um, Still got Vernon Davis for what it's worth. Uh, which disappeared. He actually, we had to change his name to uh, Vern Davis last night, last year. He wasn't even Vernon. He was just Vern Davis because <laughs> he sucked. Um I don't, and I'm actually surprised he made it past the June 1st cuts. I don't see him being on the team next year for sure because his contract is way bigger than what his production is putting out. He's getting up there in age, too. Yeah, that as well. Um, So, I don't expect much. Four wins, five wins. That's all you can expect. Hey, they might surprise us. The young players might come through. It might, you know, Colin Kaepernick might against all odds that you could ever fucking see because who is going to be coaching him to this breakthrough but Colin Kaepernick might break through and put it all together and learn how to be an NFL quarterback and put his amazing athletic gifts to good use could 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 and I could win the lottery every fucking year for the next 10 years 
probably hey, not going to happen. I'll just say this much. As long as you guys can beat the shit out of the Packers like you guys seem to do every time. I know, right? I'm, 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 okay with, yeah, I'm okay with whatever else you guys do this year. Yeah. Not that I'm biased or anything. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts? Do, are, you th- are you seeing four or five wins as well? Yeah, they're going downhill in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was already starting last year. And not only that, but you also, I mean, for what it's worth, you also traded your punter away, which is like one of the best punters in the world. Um, a lot of people don't see that as a major issue. You know, like, oh, it's just a punter. Well, if you have a punter that can continually pin a opponent within their 10-yard line, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. But so, we don't even have our all-pro punter anymore either because we traded him. To Cleveland. As well. So, for salary, with, For salary cap purposes. With basically nothing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All I'm going to say is you're going to enjoy being able to see the draft pick earlier in the year, next year. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be That's pretty, fun. pretty neat. Um, there's actually some pretty some, some players that'll be at the top of the draft that I definitely would not would not mind seeing in a 49er uniform. Um, there's a defensive lineman who plays for Ohio State who actually kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Justin Smith. So. so my question to you is then if, if Kaepernick – doesn't do so well. Like, let's say he has a okay to mediocre season. Is he on the team next year? Oh, I wish he wasn't on the team this year. There was rumors that they were going to trade him this year. Um, so I think his contract is set so that they don't. Yeah, so it's they basically don't... a year-to-year deal. No, I don't yep. think so. I think if it's, I think if it's clear and present that it's not going they'll anywhere, blow. he'll be gone. They'll blow sure. it. Thank they'll God. Blow it up. They'll blow it all up then. But. I mean, it's already half blown up. It's already three quarters of the way blown up now. Right, and um, you, but the, here's the difference, though, is that it wasn't an expected blow up. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I have not, honestly, I have not seen. Never seen like, something like this before. I've never seen a team have such a shitty off season. Like yeah. this is like unprecedented level. Unprecedented so. for sure. Because when we talk about these retirements, people are because people who aren't regular NFL people who are listening to this, you know. They say, okay, well, people retire. Well, the thing is here is all these guys who retired were, like, in their fourth year or uh, second year or yeah, 24 years year. old. I mean, these were guys in their 20s who retired. And their prime. Not, not even their so prime. it wasn't, like, like, expected. These were all, for the most part, besides uh, Justin Smith, out of the five or so, whatever it was, retirements that we had this offseason, four of them were completely unexpected, out of the blue, just I quit playing football, and that would be weird for like that to happen to one team in one place. We had four on the same team in one year. In one in, year, not even a year, like a three-month span. Yeah, there's actually probably, I mean, shit. We could go back through the annals of time. This is this has never happened before. There's never been anything like this before. Does, ever. Has has a team ever had four retirements? Like period, Just straight up in one straight year. up. Not, yeah. not to mention people, guys under thirty, thirty or less. Yeah, it's that's, uh, that's brutal. It makes me wonder. Makes me wonder some things about because I got well. Obviously, you don't see this happen with anybody else. And I had my questions about they decided to build the stadium in Santa Clara instead of San Francisco because it was cheaper to build it there. Um, did you build, did you they build got it? Or- rid of Jim Harbaugh because the coach, because you know he was too quote unquote too big of a personality. Well, let's see here. Um, you get rid of the coach, you build a stadium in a place that's much cheaper to build it in, 
you hire a coach that's much cheaper to run the show and people in their 20s are retiring from football all of a sudden from your team. Who really has the bigger personality here? Was it Harbaugh or is it this owner? Yeah. I'm really, really starting to to be concerned. I really am. Yeah, that's that's a big question. Did they retire because of football, or was it because of the other things of the of the environment in San Francisco? Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, if it, if it was the latter, that's that's saying a lot about the ownership and yeah. The overall yeah. scheme of things, because that that would mean that I would rather just not play football than have to show up at the 49ers locker room. Yeah, right. I that that's that's brutal. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, at, at the same time though, there's a lot. Those players, like Harbaugh, was like a father figure to a lot of those guys. Like, yeah, he, he was, also drove him. In, I mean, there was you hear everything on both sides yeah. of the coin with Harbaugh. He drove him nuts, but at the mm-hmm. same time, he knew what needed to be done to get there yeah I think but the problem is that if you push too hard you know you gotta you gotta kinda um everything blows walk, apart walk, you gotta walk that type that yeah. that tightrope and I think that's where Harbaugh at, at towards the end of last season I think with the losing and everything else all the drama involved around him on top of that and everything else going on with San Francisco it completely just fell off a cliff and Maybe it was time for a fresh change for Harbaugh, but for what the Niners did to replace, they just base. It's almost like they just threw in a towel for this year yeah. before <laughs> before any of the retirements even came. I can tell you that's how it feels. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, how long is your coach gonna? He's he's gonna have one year and he's gonna get fired. Well, that's that's and that's what I was telling my buddy, man. It's just like I, you know, it kind of hit me all at once, like. Like, this is over. Like, we're never going anywhere with this coach or with this quarterback or with this combination. Like, we have to – this is it. Like, we had – like, last year was – the year before when we threw the interception in Seattle in the NFC Championship. That was it. That That was was your window. That was the end of the window. Like, now we're going to have to start all over again, going through through this coach this year and this coach this year and trying to find a franchise quarterback. It's done. It's over. And that, and you know, and like you said, you have never really been around all that much when the Niners were yeah. dominant. You know, like yeah. I think even because I think what was the last time they really, well, like that was back when they had uh, Jeff Garcia at quarterback and yeah, I mean, they were dom- I mean, I was around for that, but they never won. Right, won they weren't. Hit. Yeah, they were. Right. You know, they'd get to the playoffs and then there was that long stretch. Yeah, right. and then there, there was, was that a- long stretch. So. I, I can speak on it um, from someone that's been there too recently yeah. in their adult life, like 2009. And, you know, you come back 2010, like, all right, you know, shit happened. We get far back one more year. We got Adrian Peterson. You know, let's do it again. And everything just fell apart at the seams. And then yeah. the next year, you go and draft Christian fucking Ponder. Yep, yep. Oh, that's what I'm waiting for. The next uh, the fucking reach for the quarterback. Something crazy happening. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then you hire. I mean, at the time, Leslie. Actually, I, I liked the hiring of Frazier at the time, so I wasn't too mad at that. But it became very apparent he was not head coach material. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's a little different from your from your situation. Like everybody knows he's not head coach material. Uh, Frazier was a guy he wasn't that wasn't even a fucking coordinator. He was a D line yeah. coach. He was a position coach. Yeah. Fuck. 
So, I mean, you're going to go through some lean years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some very, it's going to be miserable again. Yeah. 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 Well, so, I think that but, about sums it up for the NFC West. I'll be having a blast this football season. I mean, I enjoy football season no matter what, so it'll be all right. Um, Plenty of room on the Vikings bandwagon for you, my friend. Yeah, right. I mean, hey, I always have a, a soft spot in my heart for the Vikings because of my heritage, obviously. So uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't not, I can't not like them. Isn't your guys? I actually just saw it the other day. Wasn't um, isn't your guys' like fan page? Isn't like the Daily Norseman or something like that? Yeah, one like of come them. on, like come on, like like that's me. Like I can't, I can't not like the fucking Vikings. So <laughs> there's there's that. I always play, I always play as them in in one of my Madden franchises. I always use them because you know I have to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in. I have, I have no I have no issues with the Niners. I was always a big uh, Joe Montana fan when yeah, I was young. Pretty widespread. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's a lot of people who grew up who were '80s babies. Um, they dig the Niners still. Like we're nationwide, I've met a lot of lot of fans, so we'll all be. I'm, I'd say they're in my top ten somewhere. We'll all be suffering together. Um, yeah. So hope that hope that sums up. Hope that gives you guys an informative look at the NFC West. Remember later this week, um, I'll be having I'll be dropping the uh, the uh, Barbosa history ancient history podcast. It's going to be kind of. A specialized episode that's not going to be for everybody, but for everyone who is going to be into it, I hope we do a good job for you guys. I'm just trying to keep up. This guy is a published history author. He's actually writing another book right now. Um, he gives lectures and teaches classes on a regular basis. Phenomenal um, writer. Phenomenal writer. I've uh, seen I've seen his uh, his uh, fictional work that he's done. Is a founder of the historical is a is a founder of a historical society in Ireland. He's a is is a big time cat. Um, so hopefully I just don't sound like a fucking filthy goat herder when I'm on the fucking uh, <laughs> podcast with him here in a few hours. Um, so be on the watch bust, out for that. Bust out the monocle for that one. And obviously be on the watch out for the Dusty Rhodes retrospective that I got coming up for you guys at some point this week. Um, anything anything before we, before we roll out, Ty? Uh, I'm hoping for a good pay-per-view tomorrow. Otherwise... Uh... Back to the grind. Yep. I, I got nothing on rugby today, so. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, close out with a solid Dusty Rhodes line. There's only two men who were bad, and now both of them are dead.
Trying to praise, steady. 